Hi, it's Michael Anthony. You may have noticed I've been a bit quiet, and that's because, well, I've been sick for a couple of weeks. And I can only blame myself because, well, I've been a bad carnivore. Ever since starting my carnivore diet over five years ago, I almost never get sick and only seem to ever get sick when I cheat on my diet. And to be honest, I've been having a rough time ever since Mother's Day because, well, my mom passed away three years ago, just after Mother's Day. And, uh, well, I let myself eat some ice cream. Emotional eating. Yeah, I know. I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to let myself have some ice cream because I'm sad. And, well, I deserve it, don't I? And it's not going to kill me, is it? And, well, obviously it didn't kill me, but for the past few weeks I've been struggling with allergies, which turned into an infection, which left me very sick and stuck in bed for most of the past few weeks. I used to get sick a lot like five years ago back when I was still eating a lot of sugar and vegetable oils and all that crap but ever since I almost never get sick or allergies or anything that's how I know it was the ice cream and not just any ice cream it was Ben and Jerry's and it turns out that Ben and Jerry's is in the news again lately so I thought that would be a good conversation starter and uh, sorry if my voice goes in and out a bit but I am still recovering I was coughing day and night until, well, today. So, um, thank you for your patience. <clears throat> With that said, let's get into it. This is from The Drum. Will Unilever follow Ben and Jerry's decision to halt Twitter spend over hate speech? With the ice cream maker suspending its advertising on the platform, we look at likelihood of other brands following suit. Oh, and we have a clever little graphic here. It says Twitter Quitter, the latest flavor of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Not a real flavor, but uh, yeah, that's something they would totally do. They say Unilever-owned Ben & Jerry's is the latest company to announce it is pausing ad spend on Twitter, citing a proliferation of hate speech on the platform. While most of the other brands that paused or reduced paid advertising on Twitter did so in the aftermath of Elon Musk's takeover, Ben & Jerry's only axed its budgets last week in direct response to a series of brand safety and hate speech issues. In an announcement posted to the platform itself, Itself, the official Ben & Jerry's Twitter account stated, The platform has become a threatening and even dangerous space for people from so many backgrounds, including people who are black, brown, trans, gay, women, people with disabilities, Jewish, Muslim, and the list goes on. This is unconscionable, in addition to being plain bad business. As a black uh, and brown person, <laughs> I find this ridiculous already, but uh, let's hear what else they have to say. The ice cream brand did note that it would maintain a presence on the platform for the time being, but stated that even that is subject to review. Shortly after Ben & Jerry's published its decision, Twitter's head of safety, Ella Irwin, resigned. She had taken over the role following the resignation of the previous head, Yoel Roth, late last year. Carol Chan, the managing director at the marketing agency Comms8, uh, suggests that the brand has used 
the problems at Twitter as a PR opportunity to reinforce its brand values. She says it's quintessential Ben and Jerry's, likely generating more impact than traditional paid advertising. Well, I guess time will tell. She continues, While I don't anticipate a blanket adoption of this strategy across Unilever's other brands, the situation could certainly escalate if Twitter does not address these concerns. The quality of content on the platform has declined, damaging the safe and positive environment brands wish to associate with. If this trend continues, it might encourage more brands to reconsider their advertising investments. Hmm, sounds a lot like what many customers have been doing, reconsidering their investment in brands like Bud Light. Blah, 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 we get it. Ben & Jerry's is woke, and we already knew that. So shame on me not only for making myself sick by eating ice cream, but specifically for giving money to Ben & Jerry's. Pandering to black and brown people and women and all these other people that they're just using to get a higher ESG score. Let's take a look at what they said themselves. Ben and Jerry's on Twitter, our statement regarding our end to paid advertising on Twitter due to the proliferation of hate speech on the platform. Here it is. Ben and Jerry's business model is built around the idea that every decision we make and every dollar we spend in the course of our day-to-day -day operations is an opportunity to advance our progressive values. <laughs> That's dangerous already, because progressives, they're never satisfied. They never stop, all right? <laughs> That's why we have made the decision to end all paid advertising spending on Twitter. We've watched with great concern the developments at Twitter following Elon Musk's purchase of the social media platform. Hate speech is up dramatically, while content moderation has become all but non-existent. I scream, you scream, we all scream for censorship. In addition to the changes on the platform that have led to an increase in hate speech, Musk himself has doubled down on dangerous anti-democratic lies and white nationalist hate speech. This is so absurd, I can't believe it. The platform has become a threatening and even dangerous space for people from so many backgrounds, including people who are black, brown, trans, gay, women, people with disabilities, Jewish, Muslim, and the list goes on. This is unconscionable in addition to being plain bad business. Yeah, that was quoted in the article. That is why we're proud to join our partners in the business, civil, and human rights community. Is that really a community? It, everything's a community these, these days. I don't know. In taking a stand against these harmful changes at Twitter. Musk and Twitter's toxicity and tacit endorsement of hate and violence goes against everything our company stands for. R really? Because, uh, I mean, your product is pretty toxic. <laughs> so, anyway, Twitter must act today to end the extremist and violent content on the platform. Until that happens, Ben and Jerry's will spend no money with Twitter, and we call on all businesses and partners to do the same. You mean a boycott? Boycotting seems to be working pretty well against wokeness, so I don't know if you want to be invoking that term right now. Anyway, for the time being, they conclude, we will continue to maintain a presence on the platform to connect with our community, <laughs> but we'll revisit that presence as needed, pending developments in this space. Space is such an annoying word, too, isn't it, these days? Uh, anyway... 
At the bottom here, it says, We love making ice cream, but using our business to make the world a better place gives our work its meaning. Yeah, making the world a better place through sickness, uh, through diabetes, obesity, and all the other great things that come from ice cream. I mean, now that they said that, I gotta pick at this a bit. Thoughtful ingredients, they say. Our ingredients support positive change. Really? They, they make you healthier? I don't think so. <laughs> Shared success. We aim to create prosperity for everyone that's connected to our business. Sounds like some half-baked communism. And, of course, making a difference. We build awareness and support for the activism causes we feel strongly about. Uh, I don't want to go down another rabbit hole because I'm not even halfway done, but I'll click on it. I'll click. You got the clickbait worked. Issues we care about. Ben & Jerry's social mission seeks to eliminate injustices in our communities by integrating these concerns into our day-to-day -day business activities. Movements we support. Racial justice, fair trade, rights, and uh, dignity of refugees. Such weird wording, huh? Democracy is in our hands, reimagine criminal justice, campaign finance reform, LGBTQ plus rights, our non-GMO standards, climate impact, climate justice. Is that not the same thing? I guess everything's not. Whatever. Words don't mean things anymore. Racial. Okay, so that's it. Uh, these are the things that they say they care about. It's a lot of buzzwords, and I'm not buying it. Especially when you consider the first one here, racial justice. Did you know that people of color are more likely to develop diabetes? Okay? And did you know that eating ice cream will give you diabetes? So, I don't know how that's racial justice. It, 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 everything's upside down. Clown world! So yeah, more blah blah blah, but um, moving on. I want to point out where a lot of this comes from, and it's not from the goodness of their hearts. Unilever, the owners of Ben & Jerry's, happen to be a partner with the World Economic Forum. You may have heard of them and uh, their leader, Klaus Schwab, who says, You will own nothing and be happy. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is not up to doing a Klaus Schwab impression, but... He runs the World Economic Forum, and basically, their whole idea is that you will own nothing and be happy, and it's pretty much uh, techno-communism or techno-feudalism, whatever you want to call it. It's totalitarian, and it sounds nice, but it ain't. And if you wanted to boycott Unilever, it would be tough, because they own Dove, um, Hellman's, Lipton, uh, Ben & Jerry's, Matt Marmite. I, we don't really have that in the USA, but it's so many different brands. Let's check it out. Uh, who do they own? Oh, wow. They have so many brands that they break it down into subsections. Let's just click View Brands. Hellman's Mayonnaise, number one. They also have yeah, Ben & Jerry's, Dove, uh, Magnum, Ice Cream, 7th Generation, wow. You know, I sometimes go out of my way to get 7th Generation because it's supposed to be better for the environment, and 
I don't know. I, I guess I have to avoid that brand now. Axe, Comfort, uh, what else? Vaseline. Oh, man. On it. Does Joe Rogan know about this? Joe Rogan's not a World Economic Forum shill, is he? Dang it. I know they have a lot more brands. What? 400 brands around the world, which they say are on a global mission to do good. Really? Okay, it's been our goal and part of our business for over a hundred years. There's still lots to do, but together we can make sustainable living commonplace. I'm not against sustainable living, but what's sustainable about industrial anything? Nothing! So yeah, I've gone down a rabbit hole here and I'm starting to lose my voice again, but I just wanted to point out, it, it gets complex, all this stuff. All of this is connected and this shows you how connected it is because it's mostly big industry and they pretend to support all kinds of justice but all they really care about is business including the fact that if they don't comply with the world economic forum and united nations sustainable development goals they lose access to a lot of financing so just keep in mind a lot of this has to do with esg and let's see what the World Economic Forum has to say about ESG. Alright, I'm getting very limited results on their website, so let's try DuckDuckGo. Alright, we're searching weforum.org for ESG. Booyah! Uh, now we see all of the results that are hidden by the actual website. This article... Might not be the one, but uh, let's see. ESG, how can we improve sustainable finance? All right. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, sustainable finance is the practice of taking environmental, social, and governance, ESG, considerations into account when making investment decisions. Today, investment funds that use ESG have more than $50 trillion in capital and are growing fast. A recent article in The Economist mentions that an average of two new ESG funds are launched every day. It may Maybe this tsunami of ESG capital investment will produce the sort of stakeholder capitalism, another dangerous buzzword, envisioned by the World Economic Forum and the OECD as being the future of trade and investment. Well, there you go. <laughs> they admit it right there. Envisioned by the World Economic Forum and the, well, what's the OECD? OECD is the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. All right, that sounds like a corporatism, a.k.a. economic fascism. So that can't be good. Better policies for better lives. In other words, using the influence of corporations and the guns of government to force you to go woke. So yeah, I don't like this at all. If we're going to do better things, be better people, we don't need governments to force us to do that. We don't need corporations to push us into that. So ESG is the main reason so many of these companies are going woke. And they're not all going broke because there's a financial incentive, because there are big government and big corporate influences behind the scenes that are offering them money to do this stuff. So even when they lose customers, they're often getting kickbacks pretty much in the background for being uh, obedient to 
the globalist agenda. So, you know, I have a tendency to go off on tangents, but all of this stuff is really deeply connected and it, it all starts somewhere and that's where it starts. It, it starts at the top with an agenda that is being pushed from the top down. It's not the people demanding these things. It's governments and corporations working together to shape the world according to well, whatever they want, pretty much. I really didn't expect to be going on and on about all that stuff, but I just keep finding these connections and I want to show you where these connections are to help you to spot this BS wherever it is, because it's everywhere. Even in my hometown of New York City. I know by now everyone expects New York to be woke, but when I was growing up, we weren't woke. We were awake. We were alert. We were tough. <laughs> but now we have a woke mayor. Mayor Eric Adams. I do a pretty good impression, but I'm still sick. Uh, I'm sorry. I usually do an impression of Mayor Eric Adams, but uh, I'm still too sick to really pull it off. But, uh, but I, I could try. But, but, but I, I, it's not there. I'm sorry. I'm trying, but it's not happening. I tried. I tried. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait until my voice gets 100% better so I can make fun of the mayor again. But, oh, I, I don't know. Is it even legal? He just outlawed discrimination on the basis of weight and height, but not by voice. So I guess I can still mock his voice once I get better. But uh, let's take a look at some of the latest ESG wokeness from the mayor himself. The mayor recently signed a bill and uh, well, let's let him speak for himself. I, I know that's a tall order for such an inarticulate mayor, but let's let him try. And we're here today for a public hearing and bill sign for intro 209-A, <clears throat> which prohibits discrimination on the basics of a person's height or weight in opportunities of employment, housing. The, 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 the basics? The basics? I mean, really. That's basic English. Basis, basics. Can this man do anything right? And access to public accommodations. We all deserve the same access to employment, housing, and public accommodation, regardless of our appearance. And it shouldn't matter how tall you are or how much you weigh. When you're looking for a job and you're out on our town or you're trying to get some form of accommodation or apartment to rent, you should not be treated differently. And this intro... I, I, look, 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 just to make it clear... I'm, st I'm still trying to do the voice here, but I'm probably going to give myself a worse sore throat like when I did a Klaus Schwab impression and set myself back a whole day. But man, it's so hard not to mock these people. But I just want to make it clear that I agree with the idea that we should all be treated equally. Of course. But having the government step in to try to defend... I, I, look, it, what they're doing here is using government force to control who you associate with and why. And my problem here is not with uh, the fight against discrimination, but with the expansion of government. It never works out. When you expand government, they get more power, you have fewer rights, and whether or not you think that they're actually helping 
in the end, that can come back to bite you. But let, let, let's let the mayor say what he got to say. 209-8A prohibits discrimination on the basics of a person's height or weight or any other physical appearance. It helps level the playing field for all New Yorkers. It creates more inclusive works places and living environments oh boy uh, you know maybe i shouldn't let him speak for himself the man cannot talk i mean i could barely talk but i mean in my regular voice i can talk uh, pretty much but uh i just cannot stand the incompetence and the ignorance i'm, I'm sorry i just want to point out that the mayor is a hypocrite because i mean he's promoting fat acceptance which is Fine, of course you want people to be treated well whether or not they are fat, which is a term that my mom used, um, and, and she died uh, of a food addiction, basically, sugar addiction, and that was her own admission that she was sick because she was addicted to sugar and other junk foods, and that's what killed her at the age of 58 three years ago. I miss her so much, and it hurts my heart every day to have lost her to crap like Ben and Jerry's and other stuff that people are pretending doesn't matter. So while I do agree that we should not be discriminating against each other based on weight or height or any other religion, whatever, we should also not be promoting unhealthy lifestyles. Did you hear that, Ben? Did you hear that, Jerry? You didn't just make me sick this time. You made me sick back like five years ago when I was still eating all this junk food and I got fat and sick. But then I stopped eating sugar and bread and vegetable oil and other crap that causes diabetes and obesity. Diabetes, have you heard of it? I've lived it. And the mayor also lost a lot of weight and chronic illness by cutting out the junk food. He eats a plant-based, centered lifestyle, according to him. He even wrote a book about it, all right? Healthy at Last, a plant-based approach to preventing and reversing diabetes and other chronic illnesses. This is the official homepage of the book from the publisher, Penguin Random House, and it says, Brooklyn Borough President, this is kind of old, and Democratic nominee for New York City Mayor, Eric Adams, is on a mission to tackle one of the most stubborn health problems in the country, chronic disease in the African-American community. African-Americans are heavier and sicker than any group in the U.S., with nearly half of black adults suffering from some form of cardiovascular disease, which is what killed my mom. After Adams woke up with severe vision loss one day in 2016, he learned that he was one of the nearly 5 million black people living with diabetes and, according to his doctor, he would have it for the rest of his life like the doctor said I would have, especially with my hypothyroidism. And I was pre-diabetic, which is basically diabetic. Don't let them lie to you. Goes on to say, a police officer for more than two decades, Adams was a connoisseur of the fast food dollar menu. So was I. Like so many Americans with stressful jobs, the last thing he wanted to think about was eating healthfully. Fast food was easy, cheap, and comfortable. His diet followed him from the squad car to the state senate, then to Brooklyn Borough Hall, where it finally caught up with him. But Adams was not ready to become a statistic, nor was I.
There was a better option besides medication and shots of insulin. Food. Within three months of adopting a plant-based diet, he lost 35 pounds, lowered his cholesterol by 30 points, restored his vision, and reversed his diabetes. I'm just going to stop here and mention that a carnivore diet helped me to lose 30 pounds within three months and 70 pounds in seven months. Either way, we're cutting out the junk food, right? And I'm glad that he got better, regardless of how he did it. Now he is on a mission, they say, to revolutionize the health of not just the borough of Brooklyn, but of African Americans across the country. By encouraging obesity, right, Eric? I mean, you know what it did to you. You know what it did to me and many other people like us. But you're pushing this acceptance without actually pointing out how unhealthy it can be. That's the problem. It killed my mom. I'm sure it didn't help your mom. You lost your mom as well. We've lost so many moms to this garbage. And yet he's still promoting... Un he's a hypocrite, all right? They go on to say, Armed with the hard science and real-life stories of those who have transformed their bodies by changing their diet, Adams shares the key steps for a healthy, active life. With this book, he shows readers how to avoid processed foods. Very good advice. Cut down on salt. Not the best advice. Get more fiber terrible advice, <laughs> and substitute beef, chicken, pork, and dairy with delicious plant-based alternatives. Horrible advice. But he got the first one right. Avoid processed foods. That's the real message here. And where do processed foods come from? Unilever. <laughs> All these big companies that say that they're going to transform the world and your life and reinvent food and all this garbage. Then they say, in the process, he explores the origins of soul food, a cuisine deeply important to the black community, but also one rooted in the horrors of slavery and how it can be reimagined with healthy alternatives. There is truth to that, but in the end, Adams is just promoting a new form of slave food, at least in my opinion, which is correct, but <laughs> that I am biased, all right? I mean, five years on a carnivore diet, and I only get sick when I fail to eat my carnivore diet. Anyway, blah, 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 the journey to good health begins in the kitchen, not the hospital bed. I agree with that. Oh no, they have a, an endorsement from Reverend Al Sharpton. I can personally attest to the truth Eric shares. I wish I could do an Al Sharpton impression, but he says, I can personally attest to the truth Eric shares within the pages of Healthy at Last. Not the best endorsement I've ever seen, but um, he agrees, and uh, so does Dean Ornish, MD, who says, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, early stage prostate cancer, hypertension, and other chronic diseases may often be reversed and prevented by changing diet and lifestyle. I agree, and I've lived it, just as the mayor has, just as so many, even Reverend Al Sharpton has <laughs> improved his health by improving his diet. But uh, again, it's avoiding the junk food, the processed food, the Unilever food that made me sick for the past couple of weeks. But nope, none of that matters anymore, right? So uh, whatever, right? <sighs>
So frustrating. So much double speak, so many double standards, and so much hypocrisy. And worst of all, so much death. And it's going to continue unless people realize what the mayor realized for himself, what I realized for myself, what my mom, I wish, could have realized for herself. But thankfully, my dad has reversed his type 2 diabetes and he reversed his own obesity. I mean, you know, Father's Day is coming up and I'm so happy to still have my dad around because he got healthier. He was diabetic. I mean, not just pre-diabetic like me. He was full type 2 diabetic on insulin and on other medications. And just by eating meat, by cutting out all the crap that he used to eat and focusing on a carnivore lifestyle, at least a ketogenic lifestyle, he was able to get rid of all of his medications. All right, I guess I'm done ranting for now, and uh, I'm nervous about how I'm going to feel in the morning, but I think this was worth it because uh, I have to use my voice, what's left of it at least, to push back against this merging of corporate and government power to steer us into certain directions that might seem like an improvement for the future of humanity when they're really just making us sicker and pushing us into this death spiral. Harsh words, I know, but that's what's happening. And I'm really concerned about where we're going here with the war on meat and the the push for plant-based everything, which is usually processed everything. All these solutions from the same people who created the problem, it's not your fault. It's their fault. And they're blaming you and then trying to sell you the solutions to the problems that they've caused. And those solutions are causing more problems, which are actually profitable for them. They spend billions, trillions of dollars, often your own tax dollars, to get you to buy food that makes you sick, and then you end up needing medicine, which makes them even richer, and then the cycle continues on and on, while they pollute the environment, doing all this stuff, while blaming you for the pollution that they've caused. It's a human farm. They are farming us for our resources, making us sick and weak so that we can't even think correctly, and we continue to buy into the nonsense that's destroying all of humanity. It sounds hyperbolic, but that's where we are. Look around you, all right? We have the most chronic illness ever, but we have the most health care ever, but we also have the most processed junk food ever, and the most pharmaceuticals ever. I mean, none of this makes sense. Whether you go carnivore or whether you go vegetarian, not vegan, but vegetarian. You can be a healthy vegetarian, but I don't think you can be a healthy vegan. Whether you eat a plant-based scented lifestyle, just cut out the junk food and I think we'll all do a lot better. And also, slow down on the pharmaceuticals. I know I've been taking Sudafed and a couple of other things to help me get through this, but I shouldn't have eaten the junk food to begin with. We don't need the medicine when we start off healthy and keep ourselves healthy. So, thanks for listening. I hope this was helpful, at the very least somewhat entertaining, and I hope that you're doing as well as you possibly can be doing with whatever you have. It's not easy, I know, but 
We can do this. We can all be healthier if we just take better care of ourselves and each other instead of relying on big corporations and big government to take care of us because they're not. They're killing us. If you want to hear more of my rants without the scratchy voice or maybe check out my other shenanigans, you can see all my links at themeatofit.com. All right, I got to go rest my voice, but uh, until next time, this is Michael Anthony saying live free and thrive. I'll see you again soon.